0: to the RTI time machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Triest, and the destination 3,000 years before the present. Not far from RTI studios, within walking distance of where I'm recording this, are the remnants of an ancient habitation, a prehistoric site where people lived thousands of years ago. The site covers many cultural layers built up on top of one another over millennia as styles of pottery and other everyday objects came and went. One of the many layers in this record stands out though. It's unlike anything that came before it in Taiwan and unlike anything found in other regions of the island either. Perhaps because this layer stands out so much, it shares a name with the site as a whole. This is the layer belonging to the Yuanshan culture, which was spread across much of northern Taiwan around 3,000 to 2,500 years ago. But the Yuanshan site is far older than that. Settlement at the site goes back 5,000 years or more, and the Yuanshan culture wasn't the first or even the second culture group to leave traces there. What about the Yuanshan culture is so special then? What about it represents such a break with the past? To find out, I've spoken with researcher Li Kunxiu of the National Museum of Prehistory. Mr. Li says that once the Yuanshan culture arrived, things changed in noticeable ways. Pottery that had mostly stood out because of geometric cord markings, now sometimes began to show up with traces of color and decorative motifs. With the Yuan culture, pottery also starts to have new shapes and features it hadn't had before, like handles.
1: 那最重要的特征是他们作用的石器都会很...
0: New kinds of stone tools emerge, too. For instance, two hallmarks of the Yuan culture that hadn't been seen before are stone axe heads and stone adzes, carefully notched to fit securely into wooden handles. It's likely that none of this will sound terribly radical to modern listeners, of course. But for scholars who rely on clues from pots and tools to understand prehistory, these innovations here in Taiwan's late Neolithic period are something striking and new. These new ways of making things are also important because they explain where the people of the Yuan culture came from, giving evidence of a prehistoric migration. In Taiwan's archaeology, this way of making things is unique, but it can be found in other places, specifically in continental Asia. The likely origin of the Yuan culture people is somewhere along the coast of Southeast China, or perhaps in Vietnam. There must have been boats involved. And so it makes sense that these people seem to have preferred to stay near water, whether along the coast or along rivers. Although a good ways inland today, the Yuanshan site was, at the time, a perfect match for a water loving people. At some time several thousand years ago, what's now the Taipei Basin was a great lake filled with water, and the already quite old Yuanshan site. Sat on a piece of high ground in the middle of it, perhaps an island. There would have been plenty of aquatic life to sustain these people. In the layer occupied by the Yuanshan culture, the Yuanshan site is characterized by heaping mounds of discarded shells. Mr. Li adds, however, that these people weren't entirely confined to the water. There is also an abundance of pig and deer bones around in the Shan culture layer, showing that the forests nearby had a wealth of game and that the people who lived here were skilled at hunting. This kind of lifestyle and these kind of artifacts can be found at other sites too, of course. But Mr. Li says that further away from the Taipei Basin and the Yuanshan site within it, some of the classic signals of the Yuanshan culture might not appear. To the east, for instance, in what's today Yilan County, there's a different site at a place called Wanshan that shows a connection with the Yuanshan culture through its pottery. However, this site lacks the crucial axe and adze-heads made of notched stone. In Mr. Li's explanation, it seems the Yuanshan site isn't the only site showing traits of the Yuanshan culture, but it does manage to tick off the important boxes. Eventually, new cultures came and replaced the Yuanshan culture. And eventually, the Yuanshan site as a whole came to be underground. I asked Mr. Li how both the culture and the site bearing its name were rediscovered.
1: In 1897,
0: Japan had only recently taken control of Taiwan and begun to rule it as an overseas colony. But already Japanese scholars had begun to study the island. One of the things they were interested in was the island's prehistory. That year, when the Yuanchan site was accidentally uncovered, they began to examine it. With the site sitting as it did in the middle of Taiwan's capital, this early milestone in Taiwanese archaeology was never an especially big achievement. It was right there. But easy access to the site made it a subject of interest to many, and Mr. Li lists off the well-known scholars of the day who came one by one to take a look at it. In Mr. Li's view, the important digs at the site would have to wait several decades, until after 1945 when Japanese rule on Taiwan ended. He says it was post-colonial scholars who did many of the important excavations at the site. Just like during the colonial period, Ease of access has meant that a number of Taiwan's notable post war archaeologists have visited the site as well. Through their excavations, we have learned much about both the Yuanshan culture and the bigger picture that surrounds it at the Yuanshan site, both the cultures that came before and went after. Still, Mr. Li cautions that there haven't been terribly many excavations, and he would not say that our understanding of the Yuanshan culture is very complete. In large part, he says, this is because the Chan site has suffered bad damage and today is largely built over. Though it was listed as a Grade 1 historical site in 1988 and as a National Historical Site in 2006, the protected area is only a small part of the original site reported during the Japanese period much of it has simply been covered in the past decades during a rush of development in Taipei. Frankly, he says, the state of the site's preservation is poor. However, since people began to really value cultural heritage and history, at least a part of the site has finally come to be protected. Talking with Mr. Lee, the aim now seems to be to keep what's left of the site intact.
1: 最近一次工作我在想...
0: He says that as far as he is aware, the last time work was done on the site was in 2010, in the run-up to the Taipei Flora Expo that centered on the surrounding area. Since much of the work that can be done on the site has already been done, any further digs would probably require extensive vetting to show that they are truly necessary, he says. While much of the site and its most famous layer may be lost to us, Beneath a small grassy field, there's still there the remains of an ancient Taiwanese settlement. Inside the protective barrier put up to prevent public trampling, there are glass windows that you can look through and imagine what it was like. Pottery craftsmen at work, unusual new stone tools being made, and digging for shellfish in surrounding waters that all too quickly have come to be covered in asphalt and concrete. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week For another journey through time. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International. Check out our website at English.rti.org.tw.